0: El Rachel and that guy would like to acknowledge that all the opinions and the views expressed on Into the Ether are that of the hosts and do not reflect upon our sponsors. Thank you and enjoy. Get in and take the ride, man. Welcome everybody as we take you on another journey. Into the ether. welcome back this is pedro mcgee otherwise known as that guy and i'm introducing you to the forehead muscle with the city hustle el rojo what's going on big guy hey what's going on buddy it is sunday march 10th and before we kick off this episode we'd like to uh, offer our condolences for some friends and some family that passed away this week. first we have adiana hofelt love and memory aka nana we miss you and we know you're looking out for us. Also, we would like to give our condolences to our cousin, Joe Gutierrez Torres of Bay City, Michigan, and another fallen soldier we had passed away last week. Hearts go out to the family of Anthony Manguio. We would also like to mention the tornado that hit Lee County, Alabama. They're ruthless and they have no sympathy, so we would like to offer our sympathies for the 23 that passed and anybody that's still missing. We're hoping that you guys are found nice and safe. Okay, now I woke up this morning and I did my normal Las Vegas thing and I get a call (laughs) and it was from this guy, El Rocho. And he basically played my little white rabbit to the (laughs) Alice in Wonderland Dream. And he helped me achieve something that I've always wanted to do. Go ahead and break it down. What what did you uh,
1: text me today, buddy? So I text you asking for help because I only got a small car I needed a truck to do some running around. We end up after my haircut. We end up meeting at Lowe's. Since I've got to Las Vegas, I keep seeing PetSmart's. So I've always been wanting to go to PetSmart. I end up asking if you had anything to do today. He said no, <laughs> except you know we had to do the podcast. So I was like, all right, man, let's go to let's go to PetSmart. Uh, we went in and checking
0: out those neon fish.
1: Yeah, those neon fish, man, yeah. those are dope. I'm thinking about getting to one of them fucking sharks, not to be honest.
0: Glow in the dark shark.
1: You know that's where I got kind of got the inspiration of how we got on our journey today so we left the store and I was getting the vehicle and for some odd reason I wanted to do the deprivation tank and
0: explain to the audience exactly what a deprivation tank is because some people do not know actually
1: okay so what it originally was was originally called the isolation tank and it's not even really called the deprivation tank anymore it's called a float tank um, because deprivation and isolation sounds, you know, sounds kind of Archaic rudeness. in a way, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, sounds It's kind almost of like
0: the Iron Witch. Yeah, <laughs> but
1: it's, you know, it's nothing like that because even this guy over here, he thought it was some shit like that, but it was nothing like that. Um, what it is? No,
0: it's very space-age-like.
1: Yeah, it's like this pod, and it's pretty spacious inside, don't you think?
0: Yeah, I kept floating around. Yeah, so we you know. Definitely hitting side to side.
1: And it's you know like this little pool and it's probably about 10 inches of water but it's got a thousand pounds of Himalayan salt in there so you're buoyant so that you will not sink. So it's can...
0: the consistency basically of the Dead Sea.
1: Yeah pretty much. Know? Yeah and w- you would say so right? Yeah definitely. Floated it. In the beginning you start off and it's got the lights on in there and then you close the door Or you can leave it open if you're claustrophobic, you know, because the outside lights are pressure sensitive. Once you lay inside the water, everything turns off. Um, You can play your type of music or you can have no music or no lights and literally just float in there for an hour. And, you know, you'll hear about our experiences later, but that's pretty much the gist of it.
0: Yeah, so that actually breaks down what we're going to do for our episode. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and go over different planes of existence later on because the trip down this rabbit hole is just extraordinary we're gonna go ahead and start off with how el rocho actually got onto this i've heard of them a few times you know from the big time podcast like joe rogan but i had never actually met anybody who had experience with them and this guy right here is what we like to call a frequent floater so how exactly did this whole thing manifest in your brain
1: you know, I've always been a huge person for psychedelics. I've always liked LSD. I've always liked shrooms. Um, so, I, And I've been listening, like you said, to the Joe Rogan podcast for a long time. And he's always talked about DMT. And he's always talked about doing these deprivation tanks. And he actually has one that's built at his house that he does every single day. So for someone, so he
0: himself is a frequent floater.
1: Yeah. So if someone is willing to build something at their house for them to do every single day, there's got to be a reason. It must be something special or important that they need to do.
0: Especially somebody like Joe Rogan, because our, especially our generation, put a lot into what he says, because he seems like a very knowledgeable guy.
1: And you know, there's even a lot of athletes and stuff like Steph Curry. Uh, He does it every single day. There's quite a bit of people that you'd be surprised at.
0: So it reaches out of the psychedelic realm and just...
1: Even in the sports realm and stuff like that now.
0: So it's starting to become something that's more mainstream. And I can obviously see why. I mean, after what I just went through, I mean, it was definitely worth the trip. That's for sure.
1: Right. Um,
0: Continue. I'm sorry.
1: I've been wanting to do one for a few years now. And... Well, I ended up breaking up with my fiance at the time, and I had tickets going out to Las Vegas. Well, me and my best friend Giggles, we ended up uh, coming out to Las Vegas, and I ended up planning to do a deprivation tank out here when we came out here, but we ended up partying partying too hard. Well, you had
0: to soak away your, your, your broken heart.
1: Yeah, so we ended up partying too hard, and I didn't do it. Well, we ended up going back to Michigan and probably about three weeks later I ended up having a weekend off and I ended up driving down to uh, Auburn
0: Hills to go Which is quite a drive from Cairo, right? Yeah,
1: it's about two hours away so I ended up going to Great Lakes Crossing and you know I didn't uh find anything there so I decided, you know, I wasn't gonna drive back for no for no reason. So
0: Yeah, <laughs> I know you already spent two Hours on the road, that'd be a four hour waste of time,
1: especially in the wintertime. So it's it's brutal, there's no point in it.
0: Might as well find something to do while you're there,
1: exactly. And you know what? The same reason why we went today is the same reason why I went then. It was just like I literally just came to my mind. So I ended up calling True Float from Detroit and Farmington Hills. I ended up getting hooked up there. And after my first float, it was I don't know how to explain my first flow i i didn't get accustomed to what i was doing until probably about 20 minutes 30 minutes in and then uh man i was in this weird room and i was looking around and all of a sudden like i got to this red light before i got to touch this red light all of a sudden the lights clicked on i was like Fuck. Now,
0: this was something that you were seeing in your state of consciousness that you were in. There wasn't actually a red light in the tank, right? Right.
1: There was no red light in there. And to be honest, I wasn't even under the influence. You know, I wasn't smoking anything. I wasn't underneath those psychedelics. So you would say
0: your first float was a sober? sober. Yeah, yeah. a sober one. And how would you rate that? Because you've done how many so far?
1: I've done five. Well, it's after today, it'll be six now.
0: So you've done it six times. And right. How many times did you do it? while high on something and while sober as opposed I've to I've done
1: sober. four and two. I've done four under the influence of marijuana and two completely sober. Have
0: you tried any other psychedelics or anything that while doing this?
1: No, not yet. Um, just because I've been waiting for a certain time and to be able to do it privatized without having to do it in the public setting. You know what I'm saying?
0: So you're, you're, you're gaming for your own deprivation tank is what you're arming at huh
1: (laughs) yeah pretty much definitely
0: that would definitely be something that you know i would devote a room a room to if i had the kind of funds that it would require
1: oh after after this podcast man i'm telling you we're gonna get one (laughs) that's
0: what we're hoping that's definitely what we're hoping so you were driving from tuscola county down to auburn right you're there it's winter You've made the trip, you decided that you're going to call this place True Float, and what happens?
1: I signed up, I got into the meditation room, and then uh, I did my hour float, and...
0: Initially, the first one is an hour?
1: uh, Yeah, and that's the minimum there, Um, but I've never seen the extended ones. Like, we were talking to that lady earlier, people could do it for two and a half hours. I've heard about... People doing ten-hour floats—that's some meditation skill right there, you know. Because I would
0: think at one point in time they'd fall asleep, <laughs>
1: <laughs> something, they'd fucking pass out or something, you know. So I was in that weird room, and I was about to touch that red light, and the fucking light kicked on, and I was so upset because I was like, "Oh man, I was so close! I—I I think I know what Joe Rogan was talking about." And then, so um, would you
0: say that's a common theme with a lot of people who do this? the first time or are ongoing that they see a, a, an object towards the end and they try to reach it and then the lights come on.
1: Yeah, because you spend a majority of your first time getting accustomed customer was going on because I don't know how yours went and we'll find out at the end of this, <laughs> but uh, like my first time. Man, I had just gotten a, a brand new haircut before I went into the tank. That's what happened. I went and got a haircut before I went in the tank, not realizing it was going to be that. F- man, my head was burning. So <laughs> a little tip, don't shave, don't do any of that shit before going there. And if you do, cover the area. Use petroleum jelly. Li- liberally. <laughs> yeah, it's for real. Definitely use it, man. And so uh, the lights kicked on. I got out. I was kind of... In a lucid phase and even now like sitting here as we speak I'm kind of in a weird phase I don't know how to explain what we went on earlier but I was sitting in the room and I'm reading the journal and stuff and I end up going back home and I'm on this two-hour journey back home and it's completely silent but I feel like I was at peace for once like I, I felt comfortable and so I was like, all right, so this will be something I'm going to start doing.
0: Well, they say that it's akin to being a fetus in the womb, taking you back to your first primal memories. Exactly. Would you Would you describe it that way?
1: I would even, man, I would, I don't know how to explain it. I would seriously, if I was to put it in my explanation, I would, I would say I would feel like a star in a galaxy. That's how I feel because you're so... There's nothing that touches you for that hour.
0: You're completely weightless.
1: Yeah, and it's the point that you know, we're I'll I'll get into this explanation when we get to this one because I realize this as we're speaking. So Yeah,
0: because it's almost like a stepladder thing, you're you're on like the sixth rung, so you're you're definitely moving up and you're getting more you probably got a lot more out of it than I did. Mine was actually kind of a terrifying experience. And I can't so, wait to
1: hear it. I can't wait because so
0: your first journey into this rabbit hole is we're pulling it. You see a, a red light and you reach the door and then the lights come on and now you're just sitting there, weightless.
1: Wondering what the fuck just happened, (laughs) you know, even on the way, like I said, the car way home, I was wondering what the fuck happened. (laughs) You know, I'm trying to explain to a bunch of people what a deprivation tank is and they think I'm fucking crazy for to go in. But then I went the second time and I brought someone with me and we, we smoked down this time. This time I had gotten super fucking high before I went in. I got us both really high.
0: So now was this like a date?
1: Uh, kind of yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, now we're going to yeah.
0: have to ask the ladies out there leave a comment if you hear this what would you say if your date shows up and says we're going to go float for an hour <laughs> not even talk not even exchange past history nothing we're just going to go lay in a pot and we would like to hear what you guys say about that so it's your second float you're meeting this person for the first time and you're getting super baked and that's the groundwork right yeah take it from there bud
1: all right so we're going in and you know so i'm explaining to her how it was kind of for my first time because i didn't want to tell her how how it was so it would give her a misconception of how you don't want her to get tunnel vision exactly so i just we went there and once we got out my second one i was sitting down with a bunch of people, like at this round table, and this is
0: what you've seen. This isn't an act. This isn't a physical thing.
1: Happening. Right, right. No, I'm I'm in the tank, and I'm like I said, it's you're tranced dark. out. Yeah, you're
0: stoned out of your brain. Oh, completely. And you are weightless in the ether. And you got people. And around
1: for real, man, this is like probably only I can't tell you what how long it was, but if I was to put a time onto it, that's what it makes you realize inside them things that. Fucking time doesn't exist because you, one minute is really not one minute. One time is a man-made construct. Yeah, one minute's a long fucking time. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> if I was to say five minutes in, I'm, I get, fucking shooted at this table with all these people around me, and I realize, man, I'm at the bill of a new America. Like somehow it's the rebuilding of the country, and I'm there making the new Declaration of Independence but this time there's actually like black individuals and brown individuals and everybody all together signing these fucking papers you know what I'm saying so like all these people sign this paper and everybody's all these you know different dialects and talking and shit but it was a weird dialect something that nobody I've never heard before ever and it was just it was it was fucking crazy but then like I said as we were getting down to the end of the fucking declaration bam fucking ends and so I'm getting out, and uh, she says that, you know, she had an enjoyable one. I don't know. I really, We really didn't talk about it and stuff. You know, we left. So I have a question
0: to uh, intercede. Now, once again, you had the same experience where you're just ready to conclude whatever it is that you're seeing, and then you're pulled out of it, right? Right. So would you say that has anything to do with you reaching the REM state, the rapid eye movement? Because they say REM is when you do your dreaming, right? Correct. That's when you're most uh, lucid. Yeah. So would you think that you're just reaching your REM state when you're reaching your time limit? That maybe if you opted for like another hour or a little bit longer time? Or do you think that the way the events would then transpire would lead you back to the same conclusion where you would wake up right before you get the big answer?
1: I don't know, because I don't know if I'm asleep or if I'm awake. In my case, I can't tell, you know what I'm saying? Because everything's black, pitch black in there, so what the fuck is the difference between my eyes being closed or being open, it's the same fucking thing. But if I was to say, I think it's kind of a lucid dream. Like you explained, I think you're into this almost phase where you're like trapped in because you're You're just reaching the REM. Yeah, because like you said, it's like getting in this comfortable ass fucking bed. And that's when, you know, you're like, oh, fuck. Yep. Got me. (laughs) Yeah, that's what it is. Definitely.
0: And and we'll explain the uh, physical effects that we feel as we go ahead and continue on in the episode. So that was number two. Yeah. Now we're geared up what did how what was your your date's reaction to this experience
1: like i said we really didn't talk much about it but she said that she had gotten to kind of the same experience that i was well not really because when i went in there like i said i was sober i got her high as fuck, so her journey her very was kind journey of, of yeah. Her journey was kind of different, <laughs> and like she said that she kind of. Ha- I half see half some fell devil
0: horns poking out over <laughs> there, man. Yeah, so that she was like, a dirty trick there, bud.
1: Half fell asleep, <laughs> so she kind of didn't remember it. So, but she said she was comfortable in it. She wasn't scared or anything like that. So it wasn't like she was terrified. It was just she fell asleep and wasn't. She didn't remember it. It's so kind of like a dream. So it was like it was comfortable. Then. So
0: it was a good. I don't remember it as opposed to a Bill Cosby. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, definitely not a Bill Cosby. <laughs> okay, so now we're gearing up for your third one.
1: And yeah, so three, four. Well, actually, let's skip one. Let's go to my fourth one. Your fourth one. My fourth okay. one. So I when, take
0: it number three was kind of a bad experience. No,
1: three was a good one, but fourth one is the the pinnacle one. The fourth one is what led everything to here. So, so you
0: didn't like pee in the tank in number three? It's something <laughs> embarrassing. No, you don't well, want no, not nothing
1: embarrassing like that. Okay. It was just I think, Okay. Yeah, I think I just fell asleep and I was think I was just really tired and I just needed to use my float before it got expired, so I just used it while I was down the city. So I was up in Traverse City with my buddy and I was gonna go do a float in Midland while I was up there. But we end up getting fired over some bullshit. Fucking hotel people, fucking snitching on us over some weed,
0: some loud weed. Yeah, for I some heard.
1: loud weed, and uh, for well, the honestly, older
0: generation, that meant that it was very potent and they could smell it through the door.
1: Yeah, so I was like, you know, fuck this. I'm gonna go down to the city, and like I said, I had already.
0: Well, that's one hell of a trip. Traverse City is on the opposite side of the state, way north.
1: Yeah. It was about a six hour drive from top All the way down to Detroit
0: Might as well do something while you're there
1: Exactly And so I was like you know what I'll go in there go do it And at this time like I said I got super super high again The lady had told me that She had seen some crazy shit In this tank And there was nobody else there so I could choose If uh, I wanted it Like I said with The story I was sitting at a table with people, it was literally quick. It was like four or five minutes, and I had literally shot into Las Vegas. And I'm walking around the city. So
0: you're on an astral plane. You have left your body, and you're gone, and you're walking through what part of, like, the strip? Because you had been here previously.
1: You know, when we came here, my best friend, when we first came here... We really didn't see much. Like I said, we were fucked up most of the time. So we really seen uh, most of Treasure Island, and we drove around a little bit. That was it. When What I seen inside that tank, I still haven't seen here. I don't know where it's at, and I'm still looking for it.
0: And this was the tank that you went that sent you on the journey?
1: Yeah, that brought me here, yeah.
0: <clears throat> so prior to this tank, you said this was the pivotal one. You had lost your job. You were up in Traverse City, you were saying. Yep. Yeah. Would you say that at that point in time that you were kind of depressed, you didn't have a really good outlook on life at the moment?
1: Fuck no, man. I was heading to my mom and dad's basement.
0: And you were were definitely trying to get out of there because nobody wants to be... Nobody (laughs) wants
1: to bang nobody into nobody's basement.
0: (laughs) So you were having a hard time. And now this last tank, was it the same tank that you went to before?
1: Yeah, I, I've i always stayed with True Float. Like, you know, that okay. True Float, that would be the always brand I'll go with. They only have one of these special uh, floats at in the Detroit one. They have, like, eight tanks there, but this was a new one they were trying out. And this was, like, I was only one of the first people to fucking try this thing out.
0: And this is the one that sent you into the... Yeah, theater.
1: this one fucking sent me into... Uh, All right, go
0: ahead. Me. Tell us what, you, what, what happened with that
1: one, brother. So, like I said... I ended up walking around all of these different casinos and these different landmark places. And they're completely empty. There's nobody there. But then... All Walking Dead style. Yeah, it was weird, man. Like, it was just... But it was, like... It was nighttime, but it was all the lights. Like, that's what got me. It was all the lights were really super bright and shit. And... uh, But at the end of it... At the end i knew this trip it was weird because i knew this trip was getting close to an end because this guy um he walked out of this building and he handed me a ticket
0: you know that sounds like some real stephen king type shit (laughs) i just want to interject with that yeah so you get this ticket and what does the ticket say
1: and it just it it was a one-way ticket and I didn't get a chance to see where it was one way from. But it just said one way. And then it just said to Las Vegas. So by the time I read the to Las Vegas, the fucking lights clicked on, man.
0: Go West, young man. Grow with the country.
1: Yeah. And so that's... gold golden in them hills. That's when I knew I was fucking coming out here, man. So like you said, you know, I was unemployed, living in my parents' basement. Uh, All of a sudden, I started... Working at this Steel foundry in Millington Man I'm gonna tell people real quick This doesn't to do with the fucking episode But if I shout out to the people that work in fucking factories That's no fucking joke man For real yeah. Like that's some back breaking shit man Like for real
0: Yeah especially in a foundry Because I worked in the pigeon foundry And it's it really isn't nothing to play with Fuck no
1: they don't, definitely don't get paid enough.
0: Yeah, and you know, if when you start now, you, you start off on what's a grinder. So you end up literally sitting on a grinding wheel for hours. I was drilling to get holes,
1: gone. man. Fucking drilling holes. Me and my buddy Aaron Scott, shout out Aaron Scott. Um, you know, me and Aaron are drilling fucking holes, man. And
0: and it's holes through. through
1: <laughs> these steel fucking, you know what, the, dude, I don't even know what the fuck I was drilling. I, they just told me to do this fucking links, and for eight hours, no, twelve hours, ten hours. It was ten hour shifts, four o'clock in the afternoon to two o'clock in the morning. Man, just drilling these holes, and so I was telling Aaron, I was like, Aaron, dude, I need to get to Las Vegas. Well, let's get to Las Vegas. Let's go. We kept on talking about it, but in my mind, I was like, dude, I need to get there. I need to get there. So
0: because the way you had seen it, yeah, the what tank. am
1: I seeing my tank? Yeah. So I'm looking at Craigslist one day and. There was this fucking job That you know If you can leave tomorrow You can get free housing And we'll give you fucking Everybody
0: knows that
1: Dude this fucking man
0: But then you end up paying All of your money For the hotel rooms
1: and stuff Oh no Dude this fucking shit Was gangster bro I'm telling you So
0: And where did that take you exactly
1: (laughs) So I call these people up They're like Hey If you can move down To Columbus Ohio We got a job for you well everybody knows i'm an ohio state fan so going to columbus ohio
0: we just want to let everybody know that ohio state does not represent everything that the ether does (laughs) go ahead continue
1: so i was like fuck yes man i get out of my parents basement (laughs) you know what i'm saying i'm not fucking go blue I'm n- no longer there, so I was like, "Fuck yeah!" So,
0: but Columbus is a long ways from Las Vegas, so you answer this ad and you end up in Columbus, Columbus, which is about two thousand miles away from Las Vegas. Yeah. Now, what exactly was this job? What did it entail?
1: Man, <laughs> <laughs> so to be honest, I really didn't know what the fuck it entailed. They just said you just need to be able to be on your feet for eight hours a day. And need to have initiative. So I was like, you know what? I have initiative to get the fuck out of my parents' basement. So that's where I'm going. So I. Uh, so you
0: packed extra chapstick packed, and headed out.
1: Dude, and I packed all my shit into this pink fucking bag, man. I got this pink fucking bag because they told me He's that. He's just a small town girl <laughs> living in a lonely, lonely world. world. <laughs> so I got this shit packed in this pink little bag and. uh well, they told me that I was going to get piss tested. So I had to go to Bay City, fucking get a fake pit te- piss test. And, uh... That's and something
0: it, that also into the ether does not condone. Or promote. Or practice.
1: So we go and the girl I was talking to at the time, she drops me off at uh, the Saginaw bus station. I take a fucking bus from Saginaw...
0: Sag nasty,
1: To Detroit. I go from Detroit to columbus on a bus all in greyhound i get to columbus at like three or four o'clock in the morning i
0: could imagine that bus trip alone would have its own stories oh i love traveling by bus and train all over it's it takes a lot of time but for me the spirit of the road lies within the greyhound veins bro you
1: know what a Greyhound story that this fucking Chinese kid was sitting next to me, and uh, I had pre made fucking mimosas and <laughs> the bus, dude. So it's fucking chugging these mimosas. Well, I was like, Hey kid, I don't know how who the fuck you are, but I was like, I, I ain't drinking alone like an alcoholic. You're drinking with me, so I'm fucking... This kid was six. Shit. Dude, <laughs> got this kid fucked up. Like, in five minutes, his head's on his fucking... Dude, he ended up missing his fucking bus spot. Like... Like... <laughs> <laughs> Like Like I said, I do
0: see double horns pop out of El Rocho's head
1: from time to time. Yeah, he was fucked up. (laughs) Okay,
0: so you're in Columbus. So I'm
1: in Columbus at like (laughs) 4 o'clock in the morning, man. After getting this young Chinese man (laughs) trashed. Yeah, and so I'm texting these people, telling them like, hey man, I'm here, I'm here, calling, nobody's fucking answering. I'm getting frustrated because... Probably panicking, huh? Yeah, because everybody told me before I fucking left here, left to Columbus... Dude, if you get you know, caught down there, we, we're not coming to get you. You're on your own. You shouldn't be leaving, blah, 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 Tell me. That, fuck. So, but I got to the point that fuck you, you know what I'm saying? I'm doing this no matter what. And so.
0: You know, even in the most well-intentioned, people can be an anchor. And it's awesome that you got away from that.
1: Yep.
0: However, an you anchor. ended up in Columbus, Ohio. Oh, man. So, you're there. You don't know exactly what you're doing. They're not
1: answering. So. Finally, they pick up like 45 minutes later and they come suit me up. Now, they told me that this shit's going to be in Columbus. Now, I didn't realize how fucking big Columbus is. Now, no, it's Col- a major city. Columbus is huge. And but Columbus is ghetto. The heart of Columbus is nice. Everything on the outside is fucked up.
0: I hear they have their own Ponderosa. <laughs> dude,
1: <laughs> dude, this lady drove for like 30 fucking minutes. Kept on going and going. I ended up fucking living on the east side of Columbus and these fucking apartment complex, dude. I'm not kidding you. It was like one of them white chalk lines. When you, you walk through my door and on the on the floor, there was the mark of the fucking carpet <laughs> on the ground of where the fucking carpet used to be. This big old white spot, and everything is just black <laughs> around it. <laughs> you walk into the kitchen. The kitchen had a fucking bow to it. You go upstairs. The, and roo-
0: the roaches started saying, Hey, we got a new roommate.
1: <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I, went, I went upstairs. There was a room to the left. It was a pretty decent sized room, but there was no fucking light. Like, there was no light bulb. There was no switch. Like, whoever made this goddamn room and plan for fucking like, only seeing shit during the daytime. And then uh, you go to the bathroom. The bathroom was like the size of a fucking the crack pints bathroom but on top of that man we didn't have no fucking shower head and the fucking water was constantly running there was
0: just a green hose to get out where the shower head should be (laughs) dude
1: (laughs) dude, it was ghetto
0: so it was ghetto
1: the lady literally just dropped me off i was like all right i'll see you in the morning i look around there's no fucking beds nothing end up getting my bed from the basement i don't know why my bed was there was a bed in the basement in the fucking beginning until i realized it was summertime in fucking columbus there was no ac in this goddamn apartment so
0: everybody sleeps in the basement
1: dude and this fucking business like fucking con artist dude this business is a oh man i ended up door knocking for like 10 hours a day on random people so it was
0: like a. Door-to-door salesman.
1: Yeah, for deregulated energy, man. I end up getting robbed, shot at, fucking... I end up seeing two crackheads fucking... I seen a hobo fucking trying to <laughs> fucking fight another hobo for a Twinkie. Dude, I've been to... We went to Canton. Hey, we went over.
0: Twinkies are good. I don't man, care what anybody says.
1: It was fucked up.
0: Woody Harrelson would agree.
1: What got me to Las Vegas was... We were in North Linden, and uh, I ended up getting... Fucking robbed, shot at, jacked, man, and I was just tired of it. But I knew I couldn't go home because that wasn't on the ticket. The ticket wasn't to go home, it was to come to Las Vegas.
0: That's never the choice. I mean when you ever have a chance to go backwards, that's that's a big no go. You always pedal forwards, right?
1: And you know, my thing was man, is that I was gonna end up in my parents' basement. You know what I'm saying? So I was gonna use whatever And once again nobody wants nobody to nobody wants to fuck anybody in the basement. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I end up going to come here to Las Vegas.
0: So how did you you saved up money through your job and just got a plane ticket and flew out here?
1: Um the girl I was seeing at the time helped me out to get me a ticket to, come ah, to go. Ah, so
0: you had a little bit of a sugar mama at the minute.
1: <laughs> kind of.
0: Not no. not a big time trigger
1: mom No, she was a close friend no. that is very yeah, dearly seriously. appreciated. Oh, no, most definitely and, She's an amazing person, yeah.
0: And will receive it in dividends when El Rocho is a millionaire.
1: Most definitely. Okay.
0: So, so carrying on.
1: I ended up getting coming out here and I didn't realize how big fucking Las Vegas was, dude. When I like I said, when we came here in last February I only saw my fucking bedroom And I saw the strip a little bit So I was like oh that must be Las Vegas No Las Vegas is fucking huge man. It's
0: very spread out that's for sure
1: <laughs> It is huge <clears throat> So uh, I ended up staying In North Vegas At the suites That I showed you out by the Air Force Base dude.
0: Across t- the street from Nellis
1: t- Now if the,
0: <laughs> if the Strip is four miles long then you're talking about at least a good, what, 12, 15 miles away? Yeah. It's, it's quite a distance. And if you have a job on the strip and you have no vehicle, which you didn't have a vehicle at the time. None. You, you were walking and taking public
1: transportation. I literally public walked
0: transportation.
1: 15 miles from where I was at to the middle or the end of the strip on Convention Center Road.
0: They have buses, bud. Yeah, see, <laughs> I, I didn't know how that
1: shit worked, man. But yeah. you want to know what? I knew I had to fucking survive here, and I knew I wasn't going to make it a vacation here. So I knew I had to do whatever it took. Which to... is a big
0: mistake that a lot of people do make like, when they get here. Exactly. They, they just treat it as a vacation.
1: Exactly. Now I'm living a vacation, you know what I'm saying? Because I worked hard, and because the opportunity that was given to me from, you know, seizing an opportunity. And uh, so I was staying in this ghetto ass fucking hotel room that I showed you. Man, it was horrible. I ended up answering this Craigslist ad to take care of uh, this lady. And so I was like, I kind of didn't want to do that coming out here, but I was like, I kind of- Because you
0: have- You you have- Previous experience. Enormous experience doing that.
1: Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I I didn't want to do it coming out here, but I was like, I didn't want to call people and sell vacations, so I was like, you know what, I'm going to take this opportunity, I'm going to do it.
0: So you were uh, telemarketing. Yeah. That was like one of your first jobs. That was my first job here, yeah. Here in Las Vegas. Yeah. And that's that's a common job, and that's that's just the mental pressure alone to try to make those numbers and then have them kick back on you is always a pain in the ass.
1: Well, the thing was that there was no kickback. The thing was, is if you didn't sell anything, you didn't make no money. You could work all day and not get paid, you know? Exactly. Everything's on a
0: commission. Yeah. And you answered this Craigslist ad to uh, take care of this lady. Yep. In what capacity was that?
1: I ended up taking care of her for seven months. Um, She recently passed earlier this week. and uh, But the things that she offered me in gave me the chance to experience if it wasn't for her we wouldn't be doing this right now you know we wouldn't be sitting in this amazing casita if it wasn't for her i answered the the ad and i ended up taking care of her you know the past like i said six seven months until her last day and then uh you know so today uh i have gotten a day off you know, help take care of, make sure everything was taken care of. I needed to go out, take care of some chores. That's when I asked that, that guy. I was like, what are you doing today, man?
0: I was free. I, I had, a, I had a, all my studio school work done like a good kid.
1: Exactly. So we had to go to Lowe's and pick it up and like I said, we ended up going to PetSmart, scheduling us.
0: And then I step into the car as we're sitting in the parking lot and I hear this guy talking about floating. I'm just like, hell yeah, I could do for a root beer float. Who couldn't? And then I realized after two minutes, he wasn't talking about root beer floats at all, which made me upset because we just got done smoking. And when I realized he was talking about deprivation tanks, I got tingles down my skin because, like I said, I've experienced psychedelics myself, but a deprivation tank is something that I've never done. I've deprivated myself, but never in a pod with water. And this is something that I definitely wanted to try
1: out. Now, we end up scheduling float for today at 7 o'clock, and I was like, man, so what do you want out of this? And. He, he's Like I said We've been wanting to do An episode on psychedelics So When He got into the car I was like His name is Justin And he When he was like Oh I don't want it, Need to do any of that All I could In my mind I was like This motherfucker Isn't gonna do this Float tank with me I was like Oh no fuck that That's why I was like Oh his name's Justin And then when he said His last name And everything everything, I knew everything was good I was like About to fucking punch well, him Well
0: what I was talking about Was uh when you do these these types of activities and it's and it goes with most of these types of things you have to do some sort of orientation video and you know it's a lot of blah 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 and you already know what you're going to expect so I try to opt out of that so yeah we get in there he's given my name and I'm like you know who are you talking to the CIA the FBI oh hell no that better not be the IRS the most terrifying of them all what a green and birdie. uh. He tells me no, um, it's this place called True Rest and it is um, on South Rainbow Road 5875. And we scheduled an appointment and we I had to be there to take this orientation, orientation. video a little bit earlier, but they came through with some great prices and uh, it's a really clean environment, really relaxing. They offered us tea and water soon as we went in um
1: now what did you expect because like i said i had done this a few times so but you had never even been to one before so what were you expecting it to be like what were you expecting it to look like for it to be a first-time person
0: honestly the whole decor of the place actually matched what i would imagine save for the oxygen bar when i went in there we seen all the uh Himalayan rock salt lamps. Right. We were talking about how it iodizes the air if it's got the right temperature and it releases some actual minerals into the air or however, however that works. So it was pretty much what I expected it to be. I was hoping that it wasn't going to be a little patchouli smelling hippie place. <laughs> but for the most part, it was a really cool mix between space age and spiritual. And I liked it.
1: And the customer service with that, she was amazing.
0: Yeah, she was. You know, I, I really wish I had gotten her name. She was uh, very helpful. Amazing. Um, she always made sure that all of our, our drinks were never bo- uh, never seen the bottom of our cups.
1: Yeah, she always took care of us. Yeah.
0: And we got to write some passages in some journals before and after. Um, if you go ahead and you go over to our Facebook, you can go ahead and see some of those pictures. You can actually even see what the pods look like themselves. Uh, we got a couple pictures of the room that you would go into. and um, So from the parking lot, we go ahead. We had the appointment set up, and we're making our way down to the spot. And we were having this conversation about... Uh, edibles. Yeah, edibles. We were talking about how we should have like stacked some edibles before going in and experiencing this, and we were really kicking ourselves in the head. And in that process, we ended up missing the turn. So we ended up doing a U-turn, and what did we end up doing?
1: We turned into a dispensary.
0: <laughs> Just by off chance, we're talking about how we needed edibles, and we ended up rolling into a dispensary. And it was Canacopia. you can find it on South Rainbow uh, Boulevard, and we want to give a shout out to the real MVP of that spot right there, Dakota, who hooked us up with some good stuff, which Roach is gonna go ahead and fill you in on that.
1: He hooked us up with some wanna Sour Gummies, some blueberry indica ones and some mango sativa ones now i've never gotten high from edibles ever before (laughs) and I thought I was going to be a champ and try to eat all ten of these motherfuckers.
0: This guy <laughs> automatically, when I asked how many he wants to take, he's like, I'm going to take a whole pack before getting into a deprivation tank. Well,
1: because this motherfucker thought that there was only <laughs> one gummy per package, and so it's like...
0: I'm not an edibles guy. I, I like to smoke my marijuana, but it was definitely something that we uh, were very fortunate to come across. <laughs>
1: okay, so we picked these gummies up, and then we headed to True Float. Now we're sitting in the car and we do our normal ritual where we hot box and we clam bake before we do anything. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, now I, we go into True Float. Now I wanna hear your experience and your thoughts because like I said, man, this is, I've done this multiple times. So for being someone that does it for the first time, I wanna hear it from your experience all right so we
0: walk into the the door and like i said it it is something that i i would expect to see a lot of spiritual mess mixed in with the new space age theme of these pods because they really do look like little spaceships something you would see on star trek right
1: right or alien
0: yeah and uh we get in there we get our tea we sit down they have a nice little common zone that you go into before you go into the actual pod um It has this giant stool and they have these journals. And you're allowed to write in the journals before and after or whatever you see. And I found the experience actually rather enlightening more than I thought it would be corny. I'm very cynical when it comes to these types of things. So I decided to go ahead and write in the book. After we're doing these mandatory...
1: Orientations.
0: Orientations that El Rocho is giggling at me from the other room because I'm just cursing him, you know, as calmly and quietly and spiritually as I possibly could.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, at the same time, we're both still kind of kicking into these... Uh, th- these gummies, which I've... Like like he said, he's never gotten high off them before. I've gotten completely pasted off of them. I don't say wasted. I say pasted because once you eat too many, you paste it to the couch. And this one... Unfortunately, I didn't eat too many of the sativa ones. I ate mostly the indicas. (laughs) And if you don't know anything about marijuana and THC, indicas put you out where sativas make you think. So we get inside, and it's almost like a Russian bathhouse. And there's a little shower. You have to wash off, clean off, put the Vaseline on places that you shave or if you have any cuts or anything like that. And... She gives you a little rundown, and then it's go time. And by this time, you were already in in the deprivation tank. You had yeah, I was been already in, inside mine, Yeah, you had already been in there for like five, five minutes. So I get into this deprivation tank, and the first thing that I do, because I have very long hair, so it's always tied up, is I undo my hair. And when I get into the tank, the first thing they tell you is try not to get the water in your eyes because there's a bunch of salt Salt it's it's salt water and I come from Florida where there's salt water but
1: did you break did you take the washcloth into the fucking thing with you
0: yeah I did okay I didn't I did take a washcloth in there there's pre they give you a whole rundown list of things uh precautions that you should do before getting to the tank it's a matter of comfort and safety So I get in there, I start messing with the lights, and this thing is really cool. Let me just explain the experience of getting into this thing to begin with. First off, it's like you're stepping into a spaceship and you're being abducted by aliens. The lights inside of it that if you opt to keep on, you can change to different colors, blue, red, green, purple, or you could have it just cycle through, through and throughout. I played with them for about two minutes played with music and then after I cracked all my bones in my body and I washed the salt out of my eyes because of my long hair I start to settle in I decide to go completely black my experience now I'm not going to say it was good and I'm not going to say it was a negative what I believe happens to somebody when they go into complete deprivation they have conversations with themselves Uh, George Jung actually describes us having more than three parts of our personality I believe I had a conversation with a part of my personality that is better kept left in the shadows Um, when I first got in there I waited for a good five minutes and the feeling that you that comes over you at first is your body is sitting in this liquid now I went commando did you go commando
1: (laughs) yeah straight naked dog
0: yeah so there i was with all my nature just hanging out there for everybody in this capsule to see
1: now i want people to understand that the reason why you can go naked in there is because it's completely filtrated multiple times so the water and the himalayan salt in there it keeps it at a purified level all the time so when you go in there please don't urinate in there like a real talk like it's Mm -hmm. a very expensive that would be a
0: very expensive it's like five hundred dollars and you have to pay it's eight hundred
1: dollars man eight hundred dollars and you have to pay it on the spot yeah exactly so like take care of other people so continue what you were saying man
0: so i mean i'm in this tank It's black, and the biggest thing that I was having trouble with to begin with was it was very humid in there, very muggy.
1: You know what? Usually, they're a lot cooler. They really are. This one was actually quite warm. I couldn't get comfortable in there.
0: Well, what they want to do is they want to try to match the water temperature to your skin temperature because when you're sitting in the water, the idea is to make it feel like you're not touching anything, which is another reason why you remove your clothes. You don't want to touch or feel anything whatsoever. It's complete sensory deprivation. No lights, no sound, no touch, no feeling. And you can tell when it's starting to really sink in. The way I described it earlier was, you feel like you're in the most comfortable bed ever. And you're surrounded by these really soft sheets all over the place. And I I describe it like that because even though I'm floating in water, it actually felt like I sank down into a bed, like I had a, a physical feeling of being in a bed. And at that point in time is when I started hearing the hum. To explain it to somebody who's never experienced it, if you've ever experienced a bout of tinnitus, Or you hear ringing in your ears because somebody's talking about you that's the old wives tale it's something akin to that it's a slow buzz it rings in the back of your ears and it slowly starts to be drowned out by your breathing and by your by your heart I kept on hearing my my heart beat throughout the whole thing that's when I started to realize there's something here my past experience with uh, deprivation was rooted in a book that I read, probably about 15 years ago, by Albert Taylor, and it was a way to help me cope with a lot of the things that I have always had. Uh, sleep paralysis. Have you ever had that?
1: Yeah, a couple times, man. To be honest, that shit's fucked up.
0: Yeah, and and what it it basically your mind is awake, but your body can't move. Exactly. So I I figured going through these exercises uh, that this Ph.D. old an astrophysicist from NASA wrote about might help me out. When I started feeling that same sensation that I got from doing those exercises in the tank, I realized I was onto something. However, I felt like I was being held back. And there was this guy, and I, I couldn't talk to this man. I could, but it just seemed like he was ignoring me. And he was behind me and this was the craziest thing because you're in total complete darkness, right? Right. And you can't see nothing and you can't hear nothing. But all of a sudden I have this voice and it started out real low. It was kind of hidden in the hum in my heartbeat at first. And it was just little small ramblings. And then I opened my eyes and I was just like, here it is, this is where it is. And I said, it's game time, let's go. I literally said that in my mind. And my eyes open. but you're in darkness. So whether your eyes are open or closed, you're not going to see anything. This is where it starts to get a little bit trippy for me. Because while I opened my eyes and I said, let's go, it wasn't something that I did physically or something that I did in my mind. Something that I did, I would like to say, on a subconscious, uh, subconscious level. And when I did that, the blackness started to ripple. Not outward in circle motions, but like what you would see the moonlight ripple off of a black ocean, you know what I mean? Yeah. And the thing that really caught my attention is, how could I see a ripple off of anything if there's no light source, right? Right. You're in total blackness. And this is where I just, I I snapped out of it because I was like, oh shit, it's working. So this was probably about a good 10 minutes into the whole experience. So I was like kind of gigged up, kind of excited. You know what I'm saying? I'm, this is something that I've been chasing for a while. And uh, I've done it before with other practices, but I've never done it at this level. Because you totally cannot feel anything. You're completely surrounded. You're in your mother's womb. It's, it's beautiful. You know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. And uh, so... I go back into the exercises. I do my breathing exercises, my tension exercises, and I start hearing the buzz and the whole moment. And I'm like, don't get excited. Don't, don't cock block yourself out of this moment. And then the man, I started hearing him again. And then the light and, or the, the black water. And I'm like, okay, where's this light coming from? And then I realized the light's coming from behind me. And I didn't turn on the lights inside of the pod but there was still light behind me and there's this guy and he's talking all this nonsense and he sounds very disgruntled in my head and I keep hearing a slight static and a stop every time he does it he says something the things this guy was saying were very misanthropic he had a very very bad disdain for what's going on and what he sees and what he's seeing on this television. And he keeps flipping these channels. And I can't hear what's going on in the channels, but he keeps flipping it. And so I start talking to him, not physically, I'm not talking, this, this is all going on in my brain. I'm trying to get his attention, and when I think that he's not gonna answer me, I'll be in my own snarky self, I'll make a comment, be like, oh, well, you know, kiss my ass, I do not wanna talk to you anyways he would make a remark and he's like, oh, but you do want to hear what I have to say. So then I had to go back to get his attention again, you know? This guy was playing cat and mouse with me for, for, like you said, you remember the time lapse. It's, what did she say? What did the lady say that if you fall asleep in there for one hour, what is it equivalent to? Four hours
1: of sleep.
0: So if you fall asleep, it's equivalent to four hours. Now, if you stay conscious and you slip into that other plane of existence, Could you, you couldn't really calculate the time difference. Yeah, exactly. Because it seems like forever. I mean, this wasn't something that happened like click, 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 click. I'm sitting here listening to this guy. I'm trying to talk to this guy constantly, constantly. He's ignoring me. Right before I start to feel the bubbles on my back, I finally am able to turn around. And I look and there's like a, like a bookcase or something there. And I can still see the television light. I don't see the guy's face but I see a shadow with a head peek around the corner and he tells me oh we'll see each other again and I don't think you're gonna like what I have to say and then I woke I mean I'm not gonna say that I woke up because I know I didn't fall asleep in fact there was a few times even during that where I would feel my, my hand twitch Or my leg would twitch. Or my my left butt cheek would start vibrating. The Things this man was saying. I mean we're talking about some Thanos level stuff. What I got out of the whole conversation. Was an episode that we could definitely do. A good 20, 30, 40 minutes on. Basically what I got out of the whole thing. Was this man has a message. It's not a good message. But it's something that. I need to hear and I feel like if I need to hear it's a message that I need to put out into the world the only problem is I'm scared to know exactly what part of my brain that man sits in and exactly what it is that my dark side is telling me for some odd reason is a logical answer for everything
1: so remember when we were sitting at teriyaki bowl and you said that this would be what you needed to complete what you were looking for is that the same was it exactly what you needed to whatever you were looking for to complete
0: Well, I think it left me with more questions than answers honestly and I believe that those answers are pretty deep rooted and, like I said, I don't know if there are answers that I really want to hear. I, I, I am actually apprehensive about doing this again. Um, I most likely will because I am a rebel in that manner. If something seems like a bad idea, <clears throat> I'm all for it. You know, let's do some coke off a of stripper's ass.
1: <laughs> Just for the people that listen. We don't, do,
0: we don't do coke off stripper's asses.
1: To not let them thing that gets like, this is like a harmful thing. This was just no, something No, no. Definitely is something. Bad. This
0: was something that was personal to me. Um like I said, I don't know if it's good or if it's bad. Everybody has their own truth in what they seek. I mean, that's everybody believes. That's why we have religion. That's why we have ideology. Everybody seeks their own truth. My journey is more it's not so much of a philosophical more of a logical. I don't think very much on emotion. I think more through a logical way. So when I say that it's good or it's bad, you don't know what you're going to experience in there. I'm not going to tell our listeners what they're going to experience. I don't want them to get tunnel vision to automatically expect what I'm seeing. What I've seen, it could be, like I said, my own mental faculties just kind of failing me. We're um,
1: it's are smoking some good-ass weed. It's good weed.
0: And like I said, it wasn't a bad thing. But I believe that there is a part of me that has some pretty hard answers, some harsh answers for some of what our current problems are today. And those answers are something that I try to keep to myself. And I think that going through this deprivation tank and going in and having this conversation with us, well, Trying to have this conversation with myself. Because apparently what I found out. One of my inner selves is a total dickhead. (laughs) And he doesn't listen for shit. But I believe that he does have some of the answers that I myself ignore. Like some of the things that I see and I hear. And ways that I would go about trying to fix them. Wouldn't be as cohesive to some people as it is to myself. So when I say that. It's, it might be dangerous. I say that it might be dangerous because it's something that I myself have been blocking out of my own head. But for other people, it may be something more enlightening uh, that has more of a positive message. I'm not saying my message isn't positive. I'm just saying I had a conversation with myself. And if that's what you experience and you do have some things in, that you like to keep down... They're definitely gonna come to light, and they're, they're they're gonna try to talk to you a little bit. You know
1: what I mean? I going to say, because uh, mine was as enlightening as yours, but mine was definitely as, mad as dark as yours. <laughs> like I'll definitely say that. This week has been rough, and literally just being in there for an hour by myself it was nice. It's
0: um, kind of like a self release.
1: Yeah, because you know, like I said, the reason why i did this is because i was either gonna spend the money going to a therapist and talking to my problems to someone or i could get into this deprivation tank and i could talk to myself and figure out my own problems and so i got in i end up closing my eyes for like two minutes three minutes all of a sudden i open them and i'm in this fucking garden man I'm in this garden with these yellow flowers that I've never seen before. It's this beautiful blue fucking day with the perfect white clouds in the sky. But like in the distance, there was this figure. I don't know what kind of figure it was. But it was like an older, older gentleman or female. Kinda had both kind of figures and like run into this field because you could hear this whisper i couldn't directly hear what it was and and all of a sudden everything goes black and i think that's when i fell asleep because like i said i had such a rough week that i just (laughs) finally crashed but then what was weird man was it had to have been the very last maybe 10 15 minutes all of a sudden, this little whisper underneath the water was time, 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 and it just kept on getting louder, and all of a sudden, it got very, very faint. Before the lights kicked on, this boy said, time is something that we all have, but never, never enough of, and that's crazy, because we all are born with time soon as you come out the womb you literally have an infinite time but also at the same time you, that time could be taken away from you in an instant you know and as we you know we know that by the family and friends that we lost this week you know the thing that I learned the most out of this float was one I was so anxious to go to my phone like even inside the tank when I woke up I was like fuck, how much longer do we got in this motherfucker? Because for one, it was quite hot in there. So it was getting humid. So I was like, man, I felt like I was suffocating for a minute. So my anxiety was raising. But then, like I said, I kept on hearing that over and over underneath the water. So it calmed me back down because I was like, you know what? This is my time. I'm not worried about my phone. I'm not worried about, you know, my friends or my family. I'm paying for an experience to be by myself, to fucking heal myself and help myself, then the problems, no matter what it is, will always be there. That's what I learned from this, man, is that no matter what goes on in your life, if you always look at the negative, there's always gonna be negative, there's always gonna be more negative, there's always gonna be someone hating, there's always gonna be to take your job, there's always gonna want to, someone that's gonna want to replace you, And, and, you know, we're always so worried about fucking looking behind us and fighting for the people that are trying to take our jobs behind us that we forget that we should be taking the person that's in front of us. And if you're the person at the front of the fucking chain, then you need to be teaching everybody behind you what it took to get there. The, The point with the time was that things come and go so quick, man. The reason why I wanted to you to go today was that I wanted to understand how I could feel the experience of how I got here. You know, and then when we got out and we were both sitting in the (laughs) we were both sitting out and doing the oxygen tank, which that was a first for me because I'd never done the oxygen tank. Did you like that? I thought that was actually pretty cool. Yeah, I've
0: been to a few oxygen bars. Oh, really? But uh, I've never had eucalyptus that, that i mean they had how many they had six different types eight eight
1: eight
0: yeah i got the eucalyptus i liked one.
1: orange orange was definitely good like it was definitely very uplifting and definitely very creative
0: well the humidity and the mugginess of mm. the whole experience left me kind of stuffed when i got out and i washed everything off And as soon as i seen they had eucalyptus i'm like well that's uh yeah vapor rub right there
1: Let's tell the listeners what your first choice was before we picked the eucalyptus. That was vanilla. Vanilla. Yeah, I like weebly. You, ah, I love <laughs> vanilla.
0: It, it's a great scent, especially when uh you're putting it in oxygen. I mean, this was definitely experience that it's gonna be a little bit dangerous, like I said for me, but I definitely wanna go ahead and try it. Okay, so. One of the things, like I said, that always drew me to uh, deprivation tanks and sensory deprivation is the possibilities of astral projection, and that's really the ultimate goal when you do these type of deprivation tanks. Like you said, when you uh, did your deprivation tank, you projected yourself to Las Vegas. You projected yourself just this last time to a, a garden going back to my early readings by albert taylor in his book soul traveler he speaks a lot about different planes of existence and how our body and our mind are able to separate themselves and the mind could travel freely without the body would you say that's one of the goals that you would try to that you try to reach with
1: this i definitely because I've always wanted to lucid dream. I've always wanted to try to leave my body and walk around. and Because they say when you can't sleep, it's because you're in somebody else's dream already. So your brain isn't allowed to go somewhere else. And, you know, I kind of agree with that. You know, I I believe in that a little bit. Which is...
0: It's an interesting concept.
1: Because of all I've done...
0: I can't sleep a lot, so a lot of people are dreaming of me.
1: I've done psychedelics. I've done <laughs> I've done LSD, and this one time I did LSD with one of my buddies, Drake. He literally was calling out things that he was seeing in the sky that I was seeing. Now, if we're under the influence of a substance, shouldn't we be seeing something different? You how should is have, he seeing what I'm seeing, you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, how do you have the same perspective? Exactly. Almost like the drug kind of gave you a, a, a hive mind mentality. Yeah. Traveling on different planes of existence, that's always been something that's interesting to me. I've always wanted to uh, jump out of my body and literally just see as fast and high and far as I could fly. I always used to have these real lucid dreams as a child where I would be walking down the street... And I just decided to run and jump and next thing you know, I'm flying. And this is something that I chase a lot because I would have these sleep paralysis and after reading Albert Taylor's book, I realized that this could be a gateway into getting into astral projection. And there are different ways, different methods. Like you said, psychedelics are, everybody knows, this is one of the biggest mainstream ways to get into an astral plane or That open type of third eye mind set. There was a guy actually who was doing, wasn't, it's not the guy who actually came up with this whole mess, but somebody afterwards who was doing ketamine who actually ended up dying in one of these. Yeah. And it was probably like the only one. And he didn't die because of the deprivation tank. He died because he was doing high amounts of- Shooting ass. Yeah, intramuscular injections of ketamine. So there's different ways to get into this this state. One of the things that Albert Taylor spoke about was when people get into this state of humming and this vibration and you start to shift from one plane to the next, a lot of the times there will be a presence somewhere in the room behind them to the side of them. They don't talk. You don't really see. They're kind of like always oh, there in your peripheral. Did you ever have that experience while you were doing this?
1: I've always, you know, how people say that, like you said, you see it in the corner. I've always seen these things face, like face to face. Like, I Now, do they have a face? Could you I, just well, I it? to me, like, <clears throat> I know what my demons look like. And I think that's why I'm comfortable in my own skin. I think that's what scares a lot of people is when they see ghosts and they see shit like that. I think you manifest whatever you're dealing with into what you can't put away no more. And when you can come face to face with your demons, which I have, um, and I've seen I, I it. do it
0: every morning when I look in the
1: mirror. <laughs> I've seen, I've seen mine and I've talked to mine. I've talked to mine before. It's like, it it looks like this big old gargoyle looking fucking thing, you know, you can think I'm crazy or, you know, people can laugh or whatever, but literally it was writing on this fucking tablet. And.
0: Was it an Apple or an Android?
1: (laughs) It was this fucking like this rock tablet. And he was like sketching. He
0: was doing the Moses thing.
1: Yeah. I never got the chance to read what he was writing on there because by the time um, he was going to pass it over, somebody was coming through the door and as soon as they came through the door, he had stood up, pushed in his chair and walked out the door as that person... They literally walked by each other and they didn't even know. That person didn't even believe me, but like I saw it, you know, and I don't give a fuck what anybody else sees. I know my demons, like I know what I've seen and...
0: Everybody has their own personal perspective and right. The best thing to do is not be a dick and respect it
1: exactly. You know, and you know, the thing is, is no matter what your religion or your faith is, and you know, I I understand if your faith, religion, you don't believe in it, I'm not gonna piss on it, I'm not gonna disrespect that. But this is what I've seen, and this is what I've experienced. And I can't dismiss what my fucking eyes see, you know, I can't dismiss what my brain fucking, you know, visualizes and experiences and processes.
0: because it's your own personal experience you can't tell somebody from the next I mean everybody's always searching for something else whether they call it uh, extra dimension another astral plane heaven um, nirvana it all derives from ideology and that's because we want to believe that there's something there and we're coming to an age where it's quite possible that we could prove that there is an interdimensional gateway somewhere and there might be a way to tap it this would be a great avenue to explore this uh phenomenon because one if there's any way to tap into the total primal guttural mind the the very first sense that we have it, this is definitely one of the greatest avenues to explore
1: it by. Have you ever seen the movie Donnie Darko?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Do you... You know how fucking Jake Gyllenhaal? Mm-hmm. Dude, I love that song. You know uh, when he gets crushed at the end of the movie?
0: Yeah, uh, by that uh, by space fuselage.
1: Yeah, by the plane fucking thing. And throughout the whole movie, you know, if you haven't seen it, spoiler alert, but it's a really good movie, check it out.
0: Jake Gyllenhaal's first movie. Yeah.
1: yeah, and you know, throughout the whole movie, it's showing out what would have happened if it didn't, and then what happened if it did, and like when Patrick Swayze, the pornography, you know, because the house burnt down, because uh, that rabbit, what was that fucking rabbit supposed to entail? Because remember, he would always show up at the movie theater through the wormhole. Remember the wormhole that yeah. it was always the wormhole to... that
0: would come out of his chest. Out of his chest. Yeah. Um, I'm not exactly sure if it was meant to represent anything in general. I think it was more along the lines of a symbol of future events that are coming to happen. Because remember at the end, once again, spoiler alert, the rabbit was actually the kid dressed up in a Halloween costume. Yeah. Where the female got hit by the car. Right You know, I think that was just symbology used from future events. Okay. I don't know. If I I can't speak for the director. I can't speak for anybody who wrote the movie.
1: But like what I mean with like the like the, I don't the, know the wormhole phase, You know what I'm saying? With the because you could see through the wormhole and you could see what time would look like at the end of it and what was really going on on the outside of it. So that's what I mean. Do you think that what we're going on right now, there's actually a bigger picture going on the outside of us while we're even doing this podcast right now, that there's a bigger picture going on the outside of us right now?
0: I don't know. That's that's more of a time and space question. I'm not really sure what the, the whole wormhole effect is in the the Donnie Darko movie, but I believe that Time is pretty much like a river running forward and every action that happens could either run a different tributary and then we start following that. While the original river still runs, they just run parallel to each other, which is kind of like the theory of parallel
1: universes. And, you know, to go with that, man, I think just like Nietzsche says, is That time's is a flat circle Everything we've done Or we will do We're going to do it over And over and over again Because we were just talking about this A, a little Last week or whatever Is that You know Every thousand years We do the same shit From Day one of zero To Day You know so, 364 yeah. of 999 But every thousand years It's a modernization Of it Like, we were talking about jobs and, you know, financial situations and how, like, music and stuff like that, everything is repeated itself at a different time zone, but it's what it would be modernized. Now, when it's year 3019, now, motherfuckers, the cars are going to be flying in the skies and there's going to be buildings out everywhere.
0: Well, we were supposed to have hoverboards in 2015
1: what happened to our lightsabers yeah bullshit but like i really think that that's how it is with time man is that that that's why history repeats itself because it knows that it's going to come back it's going to happen it's not going to happen today tomorrow but it's going to happen in a hundred years well it's a
0: it's a natural phenomenon if you've heard of the fibonacci design it runs in a circle And then you have the uh, infinite design, which always runs in a loop, uh, loop, you know, a figure eight. So it's safe to say those who do not know their history are doomed to repeat it. All right, with this journey into the rabbit hole near and its end, we'd like to give you a preview of our next episode. We're going to be talking about psychedelics, the week's review on current events, and a big helping of romance and relationships. We're going to talk about partnerships, past, present, and a dismal future? Yes sir. I don't know, we'll see, Here he goes. With that said, from that guy and El Rocho. Till the next trip man.